Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A in Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. Share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest whom we confess. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, testifying to what would be said in the future. 
that Christ is faithful as a son over God's house, and we are his house, if we hold on to our courage and the hope of which we boast. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise. Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. About eight days after Jesus had said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment in, at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy. But when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and told no one at that time what they had seen. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated for our hymn, hymn 414, Tis Good Lord to Be Here. May God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours today in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And text for the message comes from our gospel reading. Let us pray. Most gracious God, bless us as we gather in your presence. Help us to see you for who you are, Lord, Savior, Redeemer, and King. And as we gather, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Maker and our Redeemer. Amen. I uh, came across a, a random video the other day. Uh, it, was, it was a pretty catchy song, uh, and it was titled Pray For You uh, by Jason, by Jaron, Jaron Lowenstein. Here are the lyrics. He's saying, I listened to the preacher as he told me what to do. He says, you can't go hating others who've done wrong to you. Sometimes we get angry and we must not condemn. Let the good Lord do his job and you just pray for them. 
I pray, I pray your brakes go out running down a hill. I pray your flower pot falls from a windowsill and hits you on the head like I'd like to. I pray your birthday comes and nobody calls. I pray you're flying high when the engine stalls. <laughs> mm. Yeah. On and on the song goes, praying for all kinds of things, bad things to happen. Needless to say, well, it's a catchy tune. I don't quite like it. Uh, it misses the whole connection, doesn't it? The whole connection between God and faith and prayer uh, and how we treat others uh, uh, even if we don't like them, in this case, it was the person who dumped the singer. Uh, I mean, I don't know what the religious background is there, but uh, he definitely got it all wrong. He missed the whole point. You know, as you read the Bible, there are a lot of times that happens. The whole idea of missing the point is a common theme. We see that when the disciples, as they come to terms with who Jesus is, they totally, they, they miss the point, don't they? Often it is Peter who is the, in the limelight because he's the one who's not afraid to step up and speak. And so often he blurts out things without even thinking it, first, thinking it through first. And so he stands out even when he gets it wrong. When Jesus speaks of his arrest and suffering and death at the hands of evil people and then also about his resurrection, Peter not only misses the point about what Jesus is saying, but also dismisses and chastises Jesus for speaking that way. In fact, all the disciples missed the point of what Jesus had been saying about his death and resurrection. It's, it's clear, isn't it, uh, uh, when those events actually happen, because Jesus is arrested, he's crucified, he died, and was buried. And what about the disciples? Well, they're, they, they become lost, afraid. They're confused, despondent. They forget everything that Jesus said about himself rising from the dead after three days. The day, after Peter, uh, uh, the day that Peter rebuked Jesus, Jesus said, the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. Now, from our point of view, I think it's easy to say, well, how dumb can you be, right? Oh, what could be clearer than that? Uh, you got to be a bit thick in the head to miss that point, but they did miss the point. Now, in today's reading, we have one of those events in Jesus' life when the disciples just totally miss it. But Luke includes uh, the event in his account of Jesus' life to make sure that future generations learn from this. Throughout Jesus' ministry, there are those moments time and again when the statements are made, uh, that, that make it quite clear who Jesus is, and this is one of them. His appearance changes, we're told, transfigures, if you will. Moses and Elijah suddenly appear, and they have this conversation with Jesus. They're talking about the events that will soon happen as Jesus goes to Jerusalem. Now, Peter, we're told, is overwhelmed, overwhelmed with the moment, and sticks his foot in the mouth again, right? I mean, he wants Moses and Elijah to hang around for a while. He misses the point. He missed the point of their appearance. That cloud then envelops them and a voice speaks, this is my son whom I have chosen, listen to him. In this moment, there is no doubt, is there? This is not about Peter setting up some shelters to extend a glorious feeling. This is not about enjoying the prophets from Israel's past. 
This is not about just a man, a rabbi, or a teacher. This is reality. God, the Father, declares, he proclaims, this is my son. This is all about the great I am preparing to walk the road to Calvary. You remember that we heard these same words from God the Father at the beginning of the season of Epiphany. Words spoken at Jesus' baptism, words from God, kicking off Jesus' three years ministry, this is my son, right? With that proclamation of the Jordan River, it was, a, it was the beginning of a rough road, wasn't it? A rough road with lots of opposition, not only human, but also satanic, demonic. A rough road because there'd be people from the highest authorities to the closest inner circle who are going to misunderstand Jesus and reject him. It was a rough road because at times that Jesus will feel cut off and abandoned. You know, we have many biblical accounts that help us stay focused so that we do not miss the point. And the proclamation makes it clear, this is my son, right? My own dear son. God the Father declares as not only an encouragement to Jesus, but also to the disciples and to everyone else who would hear this later. That man in the Jordan River, water running down his face, is divine, right? He is the God, the great I am, physically here on this earth. We have the account out in the boat. After the storm died down, the disciples worshiped Jesus, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. There's that instance when Peter gets it right for once and, and confesses to Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then there's the centurion and soldiers who had crucified Jesus as they watched everything that happened. There is this confession of truly this man is the Son of God. Sure, you read the Gospels, you read that people have lots of questions about who Jesus is. They have questions about by whose authority Jesus speaks and acts. Uh, there are lots of people that are puzzled over Jesus. They, are, uh, they, they attack him. They misjudge him. They, they hate him. But the gospel writers always bring us back to the main thing so we do not miss the point. The point is made clear in this transfiguration. This is my son. That's what the disciples needed to hear that day, and that's what we need to hear, too. Don't miss the point. Jesus is the main point. You might be thinking, well, come on, Pastor, that's so basic, right? I mean, Jesus is the main thing. He's the center of all that we do as Christians. A first creator can tell you that. That's true. But problems arise when we, like the disciples, think that we have our Christian faith all figured out and categorized. It can happen in our personal lives. It can happen in the life of the church. I mean, think about it. So many times in our lives, we start majoring in the minors, don't we? We're worried about the little things of life. And those little things begin to eclipse the great truths and promises that God shares with us. We get so caught up in things. We get caught up in finances. We get caught up in politics. We get caught up in news. We get caught up in fake news. We get caught up in the latest crisis of the week or the hour. We need to be careful that all those things that occupy our minds, the, 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 the newscasts, the, newscast, the, the Facebook feeds, the, the Twitter rants and the texts, that none of those things are above Jesus. 
Because if we are, we miss the point. The whole point is Jesus. We need to listen to him. We need to speak to him. We need to live with him. We need to worship him. And when we focus on him, everything else is in perspective. It stays in perspective. When with our focus on Jesus, we'll search for the correct teaching. We'll look for ways to help people. We will pursue ways to speak for those who have no voice. When Jesus Christ is a center, when he's the focus of the church, it's a lot easier to work together, isn't it? When people are united together by Jesus, when they're united together with Jesus. In him, our common goal is to do things that will bring glory not to us as individuals and not even to our congregation, but only to Jesus. And it's easy for you and me to miss a point, isn't it? It's easy for you and me to uh, live out our lives so that Jesus is no longer the main focus of what we say and what we do. I mean, distraction, doubt, those things are Satan's weapon of choice when it comes to moving our focus away from Jesus and onto something that appears as far more interesting and enticing, but its only value is temporary. He uses our senses, our desires, our will, our sense of what is right and wrong, any, any way that he can for us to miss the point without us even realizing it and, 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 and making everything else the main thing rather than Jesus. There is the old stewardship adage, uh, you know, show me your checkbook and I'll show you your God. <laughs> I guess we could update it in different ways here. You know, show me your Facebook feed. Show me your Twitter account. I'll show you your God. What's more important to you? What is it that occupies your time? What is it that occupies your money and, and the things that you spend? You know, we love our sports teams. We love our kids, our hobbies. We love our spare time. We love, and you sort of add whatever it is you treasure the most in there. But in the big picture, all the things, all the people, all the activities are not the focus or the center of our lives because they are not the main thing. In fact, I, uh, there's a graphic on Facebook this week. I've seen it before. I think I've even posted it before. And it says this. It says, there is a .0296 chance that your child will become a professional athlete. There is a 100% chance that your child will stand before Jesus. Get them to church. <laughs> Jesus is the main thing. Let us not miss the point. On the Mount of Transfiguration, the disciples were given this special reminder straight from God himself. He said, this is my son. Hello, there you go. It would be too much longer before they would face all kinds of hardships and distractions. And it's those words from God the Father that would not only keep them focused, but also encourage them to stay strong because the Jesus they serve is no, long, no less than God himself. He would take care of them and help them whatever they faced. Uh, Peter wrote a, a couple of letters in the New Testament. The second letter from Peter uh, was written near the end of his life, and he, he reaches back to that. He, he recalls those events of that day. He recalls those words, this is my son, quite clearly, as if they happened just the day before. And this is what he wrote in 1 Peter, uh, uh, 1 Peter 1. We did not follow cleverly invented stories 
when we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty, for he received honor and glory from God the Father. And when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard that voice that came from heaven, and we were with him on that sacred mountain. And we have the word of the prophets made more certain, and you will do well to pay attention to it as a light shining in the dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Peter looked back to that day on the mountaintop. Those are the kind of words he could focus on as he approached his own death at the hands of the Roman emperor. You know, one of the reasons we come together in worship is to help us stay focused on those details, staying focused on Jesus. I mean, that's why we have devotions. That's why we have uh, read our Bibles. That's why we pray. That's why we have small group Bible studies. And so we keep Jesus at the center and not miss the point. That's why we have pastors. That's why we have teachers. That's why we have leaders and each other to keep one another on track and make sure Jesus is our focus. I mean, that's what happens at our school here. Our faculty, our, our staff have this opportunity to share the joy of Jesus' love and salvation. And God uses them to help our students and help our parents to discover that Jesus has so much to offer when he's in the middle of, our, of their lives. We don't want anyone to miss the point. Jesus is their loving Savior. Friends, we've been, we have visited the mountaintop with Jesus and his disciples. We have uh, seen his glory. We have heard again those words from the Father, this is my son. There's one final observation from the reading. Luke tells us, when the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. Peter wanted more time with Elijah and Moses. But in the end, his focus was drawn to Jesus. Because that's all that mattered that day. And that must have been a powerful moment for him. And so that question challenges, the, the challenges you and me today is this. Is Jesus the main thing in my life? Or have I missed the point? Just as God's grace gave Peter so many second chances and when he kept on missing the point, even on the mountain of transfiguration, may God's grace renew and strengthen you and me. When we get distracted, when we get sidetracked, when we miss the point again and again, May God's grace give us the eyes to see Jesus and only Jesus because he's the only thing that counts. Let's not miss the point. Amen. Please stand. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
Dear friends, let us confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed we confess together. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.